1: Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this week's episode, we are going to have just some fun and talk about some of our favorite celebrity encounters. So I have with me again, Sarah, Susie, and Tiff to talk about some of their favorite encounters, like at an organized event, some encounters they may have had out in the quote-unquote wild in the real normal world. Uh, if they've had those, and then of course I'll have some things to share as well. And then also feel free in any of the comments on our social media posts, or if you want to DM us any of your favorite celebrity encounters too, and maybe we'll share them on next week's episode talking about favorite concerts if you want us to share them. And then also DM us and let us know what some of your favorite concert experiences have been as well. And if I get them before we record the episode, I may include them on that too if you want us to. So first I want to know, Sarah, up to three favorite celebrity encounters at like an organized event, like a con, a concert, anything like that.
0: Okay, probably my favorite celebrity encounter, not a, a well-known celebrity um, or actor, uh, his name is uh, Glenn shower sort of a character actor, often plays like a military guy or a government guy. Most recently he was on uh, The Resident on Fox, which I've I've never watched, but whatever. He was at a con over oh, this was in Dallas. And it was over New Year's Eve, which was kinda weird time to schedule a con. Um, but it wasn't advertised very well, so it wasn't very crowded, which was actually kinda nice. But I was there with a couple friends and uh or my one friend Harold had a question to ask him. Well, we ended up at his table for over an hour, playing acting games because I guess he also teaches an acting class in Dallas, and even invited us to uh, check out a class for free. Which unfortunately I ended up moving here, so I never got to attend that. But it was it was really cool. I mean, he just sat and talked to us and told us uh, uh, you know some of his acting stories. Uh, the one. <laughs> I still laugh about this. Uh, he was in, he was in the first Transformers movie and got killed off in the, uh, like first 10 minutes. Sorry, spoilers. And, uh, Michael Bay asked him to come back for the second movie. And he's like, well, I died, so how, how is that gonna happen? And Michael Bay's response was continuity, continuity is for pussies. That sounds like something <laughs> Michael Bay right? okay. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a very Michael Bay thing to say. But it was. It was just a super nice guy, and we just had a great time just standing there talking with him. Another fun encounter. Same con was uh, Nichelle Nichols, um, who was just lovely, and oh, she was just uh, absolutely wonderful. But uh, Michael Rooker was also at the, the same con. And his table was sort of like kind of across from hers. So he's up and he's walking around and just, I don't know who he was FaceTiming with, but he's just, whoever he was FaceTiming with, he's just showing them the crowd or lack thereof actually at the time. And he comes to Michelle Nichols' tables and he is just completely fanboying over Michelle Nichols. Aww. It was the cutest, because you don't expect that from Michael Worker, <laughs> but it was just the cutest thing. I mean I've got a lot more but that's my 3 uh right now uh, and on a well not honorary mention or honorable mention but uh yeah meeting um, Mark Hamill was fantastic just just to be in his presence even if it was for 5 seconds was totally worth it because Star Wars was my original fandom from when I was a kid so to meet Luke Skywalker in the flesh was pretty amazing And he liked the shirt that I made. So I was very happy about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And to be, and also with the going back to, you know, when when you see, um, you know, celebrities are just like us. They also have those moments because they're humans (laughs) where they meet people they admire and they fan girl, fan boy, they Mm -hmm. geek out, they do whatever. It it happens and you'll see him talk about it on Twitter too. be like, Oh Oh, yeah, I can't believe this, this person liked one of my tweets or this person (laughs) follows me. I'm like, (laughs) you know, so it's, it's cool to see that because then I think it makes that person even more relatable. It also makes you feel like you're not as silly for, I don't think anybody is silly, but it makes you kind of feel less, um, in my opinion, less like kind of like shy about the fact that you are geeking out about meeting this person Mm -hmm. because they're doing the same exact thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: there's, there's been videos and stuff of that. There was one I saw, I think it was, it was a Pedro Pascal. Ah! (laughs) What a surprise. (laughs) I know we're shocked. And, uh, and you and McGregor and they were doing uh, uh, just a, you know, FaceTime interview with each other. It was like actors on actors or something. I, I forget what it was exactly. But Pedro Pascal was completely geeking out over talking to you and McGregor. It was so cute. Because he can't be anything but cute,
1: in my opinion. (laughs) Well, wasn't there, I mean, yeah, it was Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, where you'd see all those pictures of Paul Rudd and Mark Ruffalo, too. Oh, yeah, Mark Ruffalo. You'd them in the background, like, like, so shocked to be seeing somebody, and all those captions would be like, um, you're Paul Rudd, or you're Mark <laughs> Ruffalo. Um, <laughs> you're also a famous. Uh, you're famous, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Susie, so your three for this one? So, yeah, one of them is like really well known and the other two, they're kind
0: of like a little bit more obscure. Um, but they all have kind like, taken place at the local kind of big convention here in Colorado. The, whether it's, oh, what, Denver Comic Con, Denver Pop Culture Convention, or as the name it is now, Fan Expo Denver, just settle on a name, guys. <laughs> You're killing me. I can't be remembering all these names. I just keep calling it, like, Denver Comic-Con. Because <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's, that's what I think it is. That's what I'm going to say it is. But um, it was kind of like the first big one. It was, I think, Stranger Things was in its second season at this moment. And uh, Millie Bobby Brown came to the convention and we were, I think we were supposed to have more of the cast. Most of them kind of like dropped out due to like other obligations and such. But I got to meet her and she was, she was really sweet and she was really nice. And I, I kind of talked to her how my mom and I really liked her show, like the, sh- the show that she's that on that we both really liked it and that it's, it's one of the many things that like me and my mom love doing is just bonding over different shows we watch and we have a lot of fun with that and it was it was like really nice and really sweet and it was really great and that was kind of like one of my first big kind of sort of like celebrity encounter moments and I'm really happy that it was like a positive one and there's also supposed to be a lot of really cool like celebrity guests this year also at the convention that I'm very excited to that I hopefully get to meet as well and also kind of like ee- probably fun talking with them as well so the next two they're more kind of like celebrities in the sense that they're really well known within the cosplay community and they've also done panels at various conventions and they have like this really kind of like just just awesome just like body of work um one of them their name is lucky grim and they're sort of more like L.A. based, but they go around to different conventions and do different panels. And they're this really awesome cosplayer. But they also have worked with different um movie studios and such and worked on different projects. Like I remember talking to them. They've mentioned that they have worked on different Marvel movies and shows before doing costumes for those. And that they are and they're currently working on some future ones, but they, they couldn't share what it was. But they were just like, it's it's gonna be great. When you see them, you'll be really excited. And I was like,
1: okay, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> and the other one would be Jersey Designs. I initially started getting interested in their kind of in their repertoire and their body work because they did a toothless cosplay. And it is, it is one of like the cutest, like most awesome kind of like humanized version of toothless from how to train your dragon and it is just so cool and like this they're also just like really nice and really sweet and one of my favorite things that i just love doing with kind of like the bigger name cosplayers is just kind of talking shop with them and talking about their their methodology and how they pick kind of what characters to do or how they approach them and it's It's a lot of really good insight and it's just really awesome and I kind of, I'm really looking forward to sort of seeing what other kind of cosplay, like well-known cosplay artists are being invited to the Denver Comic Con this year. Um, I am also going to a convention at the end of March called WhimsyCon here in Colorado that is just really cool. It's kind of like steampunk themed. So I'm really excited to see what kind of cosplayers kind of like big names in the cosplay community show up so I'm really excited because it's always a lot of fun to see that and
1: see what everyone makes. Awesome. Did you watch the documentary Cosplay Universe? Yeah. Yeah, cuz I I interviewed the directors of that and yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah, that was that was a really 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 good documentary, I think, especially if you're into cosplay, but I think it's a good documentary anyway. But yeah. yeah. And those, some of those cosplayers are incredible. Oh my gosh,
0: were, yeah, the, were those some of yours favorites? The the stuff, yeah. Because like the stuff that people make is just because sometimes you look at things and you go, "How did you think of this? How? Oh my gosh!" And some of and some of the stuff it seems like it could be really kind of technically difficult. And granted, some of it is, but when you kind of get to see kind of like the creation process behind it it kind of makes it easier to kind of understand like, Oh, so this is how, this is how you made it. Like, that's, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. it's a great documentary. So anyone out there, I highly recommend that documentary too. So yes, yes. And
0: Tiff. So you said you thought you knew which one I was going to do for this one, I think. Or no, Erin? Probably for this one. I think it would fit into this one, yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, I was going to use him for all three, but then I thought that wasn't fair. So I'll use him for one. But uh, Hollywood's best Chris, Chris Messina. I have gotten to see him and meet him three times. But I think the first time was like the most magical. Uh, It was when he had his directorial debut for Alex of Venice. And this was back... In my goodness, 2014, I think there was a screening, and at the time, it was a huge Mindy Project fan, and uh, got tickets for it. Went with a couple of other Mindy Project fans who were living who were in the area as well. Uh, shout out to Bowie and uh, Erica, and. We went, we saw the movie. It was really good. If you've never seen it, it's nice and quiet, um, really character driven. He has a really, really, I think he has a great eye for detail. So if you've never seen Alice in Venice, check it out. And so, of course, there was a Q&A afterwards, and then we got to do meet and greet. And I had a, he had done, I think, a GQ spread. So I had, I bought the GQ <laughs> and I had him sign it. I was really sweaty. I was really nervous. <laughs> I don't know why I was so nervous, but I was really nervous and I was really sweaty and my mouth was dry, but he is so nice. Oh my gosh, he is so nice. You can tell he's one of those people. I, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer that you can kind of read people's energy. You can feel what they put back on people. And he is exceptionally like humble and grateful for what he has. And, um, and what he's able to accomplish. And he is appreciative of the people that go out to see his stuff and, and who like it. So he was very, very, um, very friendly, very nice. I asked if we could take a picture. So Erica had my phone and I was just, you know, standing side by side, but he is a very tactile person. And apparently, <laughs> and he's, and he slings his arm like, around my shoulder and like pulls me in and i'm just like i'm kind of frozen like, <laughs> like what do i do do i put where do i put my arms <laughs> I'm like what do i do with my arms <laughs> so i just kind of slid my arm like around his waist because <laughs> i didn't know what else to do with it <laughs> so <laughs> but the picture's very cute he's it, I, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere out there on Tumblr still. Um, I had a Tumblr at the time and I did like this whole big write up on it. So it's probably still out there if y'all are interested in it because that was a weird night. Like it was super weird. There was a bunch of Santa Clauses, like a Santa Claus
1: convention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a Santa Claus <laughs> convention? I'm serious! So, you, mean, so you meant Santa? <laughs> Santa! <laughs> like, like from Elf. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I was, I'm dead serious. There were like there were literally like like 400 Santa Clauses at the ArcLight in LA. I don't know why. Anywho. so my second one was a little more obscure, but because I was big into the Mindy Project at the time, I did a lot of Mindy Project like, you know, events and stuff. I went to a lot of them. And there was a Q&A with their costume designer Sal Perez, Salvador Perez, at the um Beverly Galleria, which is a like a, you know, she she mall in Beverly Hills. Uh it was a costume design guild, a CDC C D G event that was celebrating um the Mindy project. So um Mindy actually showed up, which that was a surprise. We didn't know she was gonna be there. So she interviewed him and it was really cute. They had a great rapport. I was more excited actually to see him <laughs> than I was to see her at the time. <laughs> so, um, but I got to meet both of them. They were, you know, they were very nice. He was, he was very kind. He talked a lot of technical stuff that, you know, I have no idea what he was talking about, but it was interesting. So yes. So Sal Perez, he was a great one. And then my third one, I've actually met her more than one time too, but this one was like a, a specific time when I was going to see her in a play, Beth Grant, who is a well-known character actor. Well, well-known. If you all want to know who she is, just think about the woman who tried to get off of the bus in speed. That's Beth Grant. And,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, she, and she's also the one who says, I doubt you can, and to sparkle motion.
0: And yes. And Donnie, Darko, Donnie Darko. Thank you. Yes. So, Beth Grant is the nicest celebrity that you will ever meet. But I I went and saw this play at the Silver Lake Playhouse. Small little play, you know, was like, you know, four people in it. There were Silver Lake Playhouse is, you know, it's tiny. More like almost like local theater kind of situation, community theater. I don't even remember what the plague was called, but it was good. I do remember that. It was good. <laughs> and she was great in it. And I talked to her afterwards and she was so nice. Um, we took pictures and all of that. And then I saw her at another Mindy Project event and she remembered me, which was like, Oh What? <laughs> this is I was like, Aww. Wow, this is so nice of you. I was like, you know, you're so sweet. She's like, No, you come to my stuff. She's like, You're so kind. She's like, I love it. Randomly, randomly, randomly though, I went to um a house of cards Emmy, you know, for your consideration thing with my friend who at the time was working for uh actually not at the time, she still works for HBO. So we got to go see like the the season premiere of the final season. So we went, saw the thing, and then there was a reception afterwards, and you know, it had some good food, they had an open bar. So I'm doing my nibbles, drinking my drinks and everything like that. Turn around, who is it? Beth Grant. <laughs> and not only is it Beth Grant, it's also her husband, Michael Chifo, and her daughter, Mary Chifo. And she introduces me to her family. Aww. She's like, she's like, this is my friend. She's like, okay, but you have to remind me of your name. And I said, it's Tiffany. She's like, this is my friend, Tiffany. She's like, she is so sweet. She's like, and she is a great supporter of the arts. She, I totally Aww. remember that. I told, I know that was four, Erin. I'm, I'm sorry, I know that was four, <laughs> but but I, but wanted it was to, her again. But it was so her, so okay. I wanted to mush her together because she is. If you ever get a chance to meet Beth friend she is amazing. She is so amazing. She is the nicest, sweetest woman that you will ever meet.
1: I love that. I, I mean, I, I know you've told me that story before, but I still love that. <laughs> I know, I know, we were talked about it last time. I, I personally saw you face to face last year. Yes, and I knew you were going to mention Christmasina in one of these. I thought it would be this one, but I wasn't sure it would be this one or the other one because I'm like. I know she's going to mention Christmas. <laughs> yeah. She has to. She does and I would be, I'd be like, uh, you're going to mention Chris, right?
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> the best be, Chris, the best Chris he had at the time he had, um, he had the beard and cause they weren't filming the Midi project <laughs> at the time. He had a beard and all salt and pepper and he smelled like leather and really expensive cologne. Smoked great. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that might have also been when he was, because he was in Argo. That and I—that was, was it. In Argo. Yes, 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 yes. That yeah. was it. He was filming Argo. You're correct. <laughs> I don't know how I remember that, but. Because um, <laughs> uh, he's the best Chris. <laughs> That's why. He has the best Chris. So I know I have briefly mentioned all three of these that I'm going to mention. Um, and two of them are from film festivals because I've only really been to a couple of conventions in my life. I've been to more film festivals than anything else. Um, But the first one I'm going to mention, I'm going to mention again my funny story with Chris Isaac because – and I've met met Chris Isaac a few times because Chris Isaac is uh, amazing in concert, by the way. I'm sure I'll mention him next week. Born to be on stage. And what he – and I haven't been to one of his concerts in over a decade, so I don't know if he still does this. But what he used to do is he would stay after and he would sign autographs until basically – I don't even know how long he would do it because sometimes I'd be waiting for like an hour in that line. And he would not charge you. He would sign anything. So you did not have to buy his merchandise, which is really cool. And he is incredibly shy, like very shy and kind of like soft spoken. But the first time I met him was after his the first time I saw him at Red Rocks. And I didn't know he did this, that he signs afterwards, that he stays afterwards, which is really an incredible thing for any performer to do. And to do that when you have a sold out crowd and you're going to have to be sitting there signing for like hours and hours and you're not charging. I mean, yeah, you got the tickets, but still you're not charging people to, to do an autograph is pretty amazing. So I already had a, you know, had a really had him in high esteem a little bit for that, too. So he's another good Chris. And I got up there and beforehand, you know, when you're close, the handlers are like saying, don't touch him. Don't do any of that. So I get up there, I have my hand on the table, and he's going up and he puts his hand on top of my hand. And the only thing that I could think was the handler saying, don't touch him. Don't touch him, even though he's touching me. And so I yanked my hand away. I will never forget this I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, Aaron, you yanked your hand away and he, he's the one who touches your hand So he kind of looked a little bit like, okay, (laughs) signed it. But every time I've met him to get his autograph, you know, and it's been three times. One was actually at a concert at the zoo here in Colorado. They used to do concerts at the zoo. I don't know if they still do those. Uh, He's just always been super, super friendly and sweet and kind. And it always strikes me how shy he is because a lot of performers are incredibly shy in real life. And so when they don't, they're not performing, they kind of have to, you know, be themselves. It's really, really shy. But, and I also just think it's amazing that he would do that. I mean, it's a really great gift to give to your fans that they get to get an autograph, you know, no matter what seats they're in, no matter, you know, anything like that, it wouldn't matter. So, and I have, I mean, he would usually stay long, long time. So, you know, but that, that was always awesome. And he always would have like his incredible guitar and other people there and he'd be talking to them and. He's just, and he's sexy. He's so sexy. <laughs> when he's like this, he's like two inches from you, He's incredibly sexy. And then my other one is uh, Scott Kahn, who is James Kahn's son. And I know this kind of might surprise people that he's really sweet. I don't know, because I've said this to people before, and they get kind of surprised. But I met him at the Denver Film Festival when he was there with his movie that he directed and starred in called Dallas 362, which... I can't remember the movie very well. I think I enjoyed it when I saw it. Um, but it was a very tiny group of people seeing it in a very tiny theater. And afterwards, um, he after the Q&A and everything was done, he was standing around with a few of the volunteers just talking to them. And I was just so nervous. But I wanted to go up to him and tell him how great I thought his movie was and wish him good luck because they didn't have a distributor at the time. And all of that. So I went up to him, and the first thing that struck me is how short he is. He is like, I'm five, three and a half. I always like to put that half inch there. (laughs) And he is about just like maybe an inch or two taller than me. He is so flipping short. And he was just in a leather jacket, very casual. And I talked to him for a few minutes and just told him how great I thought his movie was. And he was very sweet and humble and very nice and very personal. And he wasn't like put off by someone just coming up and talking to him. Yes. They're in, they're in a festival environment. So they kind of expect that. But at the same time, compared to like William H Macy, who I saw interacting with other people, and he was the exact opposite of that. It was just nice to see, to see that and to have someone be like, Oh yes, I'd love to talk to you about my film because this is my baby. Was just, it was really nice. So I just, I hold a soft in my heart for him. I don't watch a lot of his shows, but I hold a soft spot in my heart for him because of that that interaction with him. And then the other one is also at the Denver International Film Festival. And that is one of my favorite actresses in the whole entire world. And that's Lily Taylor. And she was there with her film, A Slipping Down Life, which also stars Guy Pierce. So it's a little small indie film that actually was made in like 1999 but this was in like 2003 or some, no, no, this was in like, this was, yeah, this was, yeah, 2003 or something like that. And so it like had a long delayed release, but she did a Q and a afterwards. And then I went up to her and this was when I was still really into acting. And I went up to her and said, you know, you're one of my idols. I, you're one of my heroes and in, in this medium. And she was just so shocked and just so honored by that and couldn't believe that, that it was just really sweet. And she's so sweet. And she's another one that is incredibly shy. Like, like almost you can tell she's kind of uncomfortable, you know, um, in her own skin in a way. So yeah, but she was so sweet and I just loved being able to meet her because I admire her so much. And I actually think she's kind of underrated um, because she's just such a incredible incredible actress we'll be of course talking about her when we talk about um say anything i, I know we'll be talking about her and her <laughs> joe lies you know songs so so that that was that was really really fun so yep this episode is brought to you by Snapple So now we're going to move on to your favorite celebrity encounters out in the real world. And if you don't have any of those, you can mention three more that would fit with the first one. So, Sarah? I really don't have
0: a lot of uh, celebrity encounters in the wild. I did. We did randomly bump into Matt Dillon uh, when I was living in Miami. I know it, it was kind of we got That's a very random one. it was it was totally random and honestly if i had not seen him earlier in the day he was at um uh, we were watching the uh, marlins game and he was doing doing something with i don't i don't remember some baseball player but he was like reading a um uh, an essay or a poem or something um and had i and had he not been wearing the same clothes i probably wouldn't have even recognized him but I had gone out with some friends. Uh, this was in the days before children, <laughs> or before I had children, and gone out with some friends. And we were standing outside this one club debating okay, do we want to go in? Do we want to go elsewhere? And he just comes walking by. And I'm like, uh, did anyone just realize that Matt Dillon just walked past us? So he actually turns around. I guess he must have heard me. <laughs> he turns around and, like, he and him and whoever he was with just like, walked right through the middle of our group and was like hey how you guys doing yeah, we're good and then he walked into the club and we're like oh i guess we'll go in <laughs> um, <laughs> i guess this is where we're gonna be this evening um but yeah i mean it was just it, it, it was like not even like south beach area like where all the main clubs and stuff are it was kind of off you know sort of off the beaten path so to speak so yeah that was like totally random and then uh working in uh, hotels for a little bit i got to meet uh Karim Abdul Jabbar who is very 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 tall
1: <laughs> i would I, the way you're looking at like <laughs> he's like what 7'1", seven,
0: seven, i'm like hi oh checking in okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean he was poor poor guy I felt bad for him cuz he was trying to have a uh, dinner in the restaurant of the hotel, and people are just coming up to him, asking him for autographs and stuff. I'm like, just let the man eat his meal. Come on, guys. But he was, I mean, he seemed nice enough. I mean, I really didn't chat with him too much. It was more of a professional interaction at the time. But yeah, I haven't had too too many celebrity encounters in the wild. (laughs) Although... I lived in, uh, Frisco, Texas for a little while, and that's where the Dallas Cowboys had their headquarters. So I'm sure I bumped into several football players, but since I don't watch know. football, I wouldn't even know. Probably had conversations with them at the grocery store, but. Didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's happened to me and they're probably thinking, Oh, thank God this person has no idea who I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the yeah, the, uh, mine are kind of my celebrity in the
1: wild encounters are just kind of eh. I don't think your Matt Dillon one is well. No, no, but that's pretty amazing. No, that, <laughs> that was true. I love like, I'm gonna go back and walk through <laughs> this crowd that's mentioned
0: to me. i there. Like, Did anyone just notice this? They're like, what? Oh my god. Oh, that was- <laughs> yeah! And he did. He turned around and came back, and, and with whatever guy he was with, and I just like walked through the middle of our little group there. I think it was like five or six of us. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I guess that is kind of cool. I think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, this was yeah. like 20 twenty Yeah, I wasn't even pregnant with Nate yet, so this was like twenty years ago, over twenty years ago. Got him all. And
1: and I do I do want to say because you bring up a good point there, sir, With Um, with Kareem and eating in the restaurant and, you know, when you see a celebrity out eating or something like that, or if, especially if they're with their kids, like was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with his kids or his family or anything? No,
0: I think he was, he was by himself. Um, I think he was doing, I want to say he was uh, doing a speech or something at Princeton university or something along that line. Yeah. This is in New Jersey. Um oh okay that yeah. was confusing the it was I didn't know where we were yeah, But Yeah no, that's okay I didn't, I didn't mention it no this was at um yeah this was in Princeton, New Jersey which is the area that I grew up in but yeah I think he was he was there by himself so but still okay.
1: but still that's their private time and even yeah. though they're a celebrity I do think you should draw the line so what I want to mm-hmm. say for this thank you for mentioning that because I do want to bring that up for this segment I am not encouraging people to go up to celebrities when they're out living their regular day to, because they're entitled to have their regular day-to-day lives and like be intrusive. Like I heard this story of, um, a friend, a friend of a friend who saw George Clooney at this restaurant in LA. This was back in the ER days and saw him in the restroom while he's peeing and asked George Clooney while he's going to the bathroom for some acting advice. <laughs> like, while he's
0: trying to... Mm, he's
1: okay going boy. to the bathroom. I mean, come on, people. I Have mean, that, that, yeah. Uh, you know, give the man some privacy, please. I mean, I love George Clooney, but I would not do that. <laughs> I'm like, follow him in the bathroom <laughs> and be like, excuse me, can you tell me, can you give me some acting advice? I see you're a little busy at the moment, but no yes and i think what he said to the person was don't do it and then walked away
0: <laughs> that's brilliant actually
1: very yes. good advice
0: especially if you're going to come up to you while you whiz and be like let's have an acting master class in this bathroom <laughs> of a denny's or wherever he was wherever
1: <laughs> denny's that, that would reason, I would make a story uh, yes
0: that would be so much better
1: some random Denny's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, so Susie, do you have any of these?
0: I kind of only have, like, one that would like, sort of count. So when I used to work at this local costume shop uh, in Denver called uh, Disguises, one day I was working down in kind of like the boutique sort of area, and who would come in but Evie Oddly? And for those who don't know, Evie Oddly was the season 11 winner of RuPaul's Drag Race. And they're also kind of a very well-known Denver queen. And they came in and I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. Like, the thing that I recognize about them, because I, I was like, is it Evie? Mm, maybe it's not, because I want to be that person that's like, excuse me, are you? Because <laughs> I was also at work, so I wanted to be respectful too, because it's like, you know, it's their day. They're out getting stuff. They don't need to have, like, some, excuse me, are you, are you? person just chill and so i was just thinking about it Nah, it's probably not them and then i just like went back to like sorting through inventory or whatnot and then i heard them laugh and evie oddly has such a distinct laugh that i was like that's them that's them okay all right be cool be cool don't be that person <laughs> don't be that denny's bathroom person be cool be cool <laughs> And so I was like, Oh yes. Oh, do you guys need help with anything or something? Like, Oh yeah. Can you get us this coat? Like, Oh yeah, sure. And so like I, I just helped them out, treated them like any other person because they're just trying to live their life, but they were, they were like really sweet and really respectful and really nice. And you know, I'm just, I was like, yeah. So they bought like a, like a neon green coat from the store and they were going to use it for one of their drag looks. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool but you know like i don't understand the people that are just like i'm gonna invade your personal time and space to have what i think is this moment with you but it's like but they're they're just trying to live man let them get their Mm -hmm. dunkaroos and
1: just move on with your life (laughs) the examples the dunkaroos But no, it's very true. I think it's just because people feel they own that celebrity. So they feel yeah. like they're not a human being. And so they can go up to him anytime they want to. Like people will stalk celebrities' Instagrams and find out where they are going like, you, go you exist for me only right now. Yeah. Like, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, don't do that. So, But I, lo- I love that story. That's cool. And I love that. You do have that though, if you see a celebrity out in the real world where you're kind of like, should I say something to them? Should I not say something to them? You know, that, that kind of thing. So yeah. So Tiff. Okay. So years and years
0: ago, I went to, uh, I worked at ESPN Zone in Atlanta and it was, I mean, it was a big restaurant and we were in the middle of Buckhead, which is kind of like the the upper class area of Atlanta. And just randomly, like a Saturday, early Saturday afternoon, not anything big going on. You know, I mean, yes, there was, I don't think it was college football season, but, you know, I mean, obviously there's some sport going on, but nothing like where people were crowding in. The restaurant was kind of, it was slow times because it wasn't quite, you know, getting to eating rush yet. Mark Cuban just walks in, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> it's Mark Cuban. I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, so I'm, he walks in and he walks in by himself and I'm like, oh, are you, you know, I said, you know, how many do you have in the party? And he's like, uh, he's like, no, it's just going to be me. I said, oh, well, you can have one of the recliners. They have recliners in the, um, what they call like the screening room area. I said, or you can have um, a table if you'd like. He said, I think I'm just going to sit at the bar. He's like, sure, sure, sure. Come on back. You know, and I said, hey, you're in Atlanta for uh, for business, for, you know, for a fun visit. He's like, yeah, a little bit of both. He's like, I'm only here for a couple more days. Very amiable. Very, you know, I mean, like literally regular chit chat. Like I would chat with any other guests. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, you own an NBA team, blah, 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 blah. Plus it's like you're my nemesis anyway, because I'm a big Lakers fan, so... I don't care that you own the Mavericks, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um, But he was very, yeah, he's very, like, very chill, very just, you know, relaxed. And he just, I mean, he did. He went up to the bar. He, you know, ordered, uh I don't even think he ordered, like, a beer or anything like that. He just ordered, like, you know, soda and some, a burger and fries and, you know, sat there, ate his little meal. And he left in about, like, an hour or so. He's like, thanks for everything. I was like, thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> and, and that was that. So, yeah, Mark Cuban. Uh, and then I ran into, not literally ran into, but I was standing in line at, uh, the concession stand. <laughs> I, I know that sounds stupid. Um, but I was standing in line at oh. the AMC. Uh, and it was not like, I live in the burbs of LA. This is not like in LA. This is in the, the burbs. And I ran into, or somebody standing in front of me and my sister's concession stand was Michael Hyatt. And if you all ever watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, she played Rebecca's therapist or her psychiatrist, Dr. Acopian. And I told my sister, I was like, and she's like, yeah, yeah, she's like, I think so. She's like, do you know what her name is? I was like, I don't know remember what her name is in real life. <laughs> we're just kind of like, you know, furiously whispering because we don't know what her name is in real life. So I'm like, you know, very surreptitiously looking it up. I'm doing the Googles. And everything. I was like, it's my client, it's my client. And she's like, oh, okay, you're listening to I was like, yeah, I'm going to say something. I was like, we're just eating a lunch okay. So. okay. <laughs> so I wasn't going to ask for an autograph or anything like that. All I said, I was like, I said, you know, we're huge fans of you on on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I said, you know, you're so great on that show. I was like, and you have such a great voice. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. She's she's um, And then she told us about the next like play that she was going to be in. She told us a little bit about that. So nice little, you know, like three, four minute conversation. No biggie, no stalking people in the bathroom with the Denny's. no. <laughs> No interrupting them while they're trying to eat or anything like that, because that's a no, no, (laughs) no, it was just like, you know, real, just like brief chit chat. And my last one kind of along the same lines of, you know, just like really brief chit chat. I was at a brunch. This like, unfortunately is kind of known as like a brunch spot, you know, like all capital letters in studio city and JK Simmons just comes jogging up comes jogging up uh to pick up his to-go order (laughs) like he literally comes jogging up (laughs) he had on his he had on his running outfit you know running shoes he had on his um his like Fitbit or whatever (laughs) and he uh he had on a it was hot he had on this because it was the summertime he had on a shirt (laughs) and he's like for an older dude he's like ripped like he has some arms going on he has some muscles going on and so I'm standing there, um, waiting to be seated and he's coming to pick up his stuff. He says to me, he's like, um, it's hot today, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very hot. And he said, oh, so what are you going to get? He's like, are you about to sit down? And I said, yes. Uh, he said, do you know what you're going to get? Yeah. And I was like, oh, thinking about the eggs hollandaise, I think. He's like, oh, that's a good one. And then they got, gave him his food and he's like, okay, have a good day. I was like, Okay, <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was awesome. it. Just, I mean, just the randomness thing. Like, everybody that I've met has been, like, really kind of, you know, just like regular schmegular, not at all mm-hmm. like celebrity, you know, like you had with, you know, Ilium Way, AC May. It, <laughs> it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> These folks would be like in the celebrities. They're just like us column.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I think actually most celebrities are like that more than like the snobby kind, you know? Well, because they are just people, so it's like, you know. Most of them are just kind of that regular regular conversation that you would have. And before I focus on what I'm mainly going to focus on for this one, because I just thought it would be an interesting kind of slant on this or a different version of this. But I did uh, one of the most random, well, it wasn't really random, I guess, because I was, I was in Pasadena and I was standing, this was when the Cheesecake Factory was first kind of like a thing, like it had just kind of become a thing, like this is in the late 90s and we didn't have Cheesecake Factory yet in Colorado. And so we were standing waiting for our table, like it was an hour-long wait or whatever, and standing outside, and the late, great James Avery came walking by, walking his two little pugs, and (laughs) it was was like, whoa, hey, hey, it's it's Uncle Phil. (laughs) It was so cute and sweet. And I mean, I didn't say anything because he just was walking by, but it was just one of those like, oh. Yeah, that's right. We're in a place where this just kind of happens a lot more often than where I am. But it was just so cool because I did. I was just like, hey, it's Uncle Phil (laughs) walking his dogs. It was it was really sweet. So that was I just really liked it. It gave me like a big, you know, thrill to be able to to see him just walking by. But what I'm going to talk about is just a couple for, you know, because I'm very blessed and lucky that I have been able to interview a lot of people since. Having this podcast, and when you interview people, it's a lot. It's a very different. It's it's a very different kind of interaction because you're more on a peer level, and that's the way you're treated. Because it's like you're kind of part of the industry in a small way. I mean, doing a podcast that is part of the industry, being on podcasts, you're kind of you know you're kind of you're contributing to entertainment in a way in media. And so I've been very, very, very lucky to have some great experiences with people I've admired and people that maybe I just got to know. And yes, there are times when I'm extremely nervous before it starts. But since it's such a different kind of interaction, it's usually like you never, ever have that moment of feeling like you are like they're way up here and you're way down there. It's more you're on equal ground. So um I'll mention a couple first from San Diego Comic Con. So um D Wallace, the great, amazing Dee Wallace, uh that I got who I got to interview, I walked into the media room, and she was like waiting for people to uh come around and interview her, and they were kind of setting things up, and she's just like, Hi, hello, and just very sweet. And that's the way she is. She's just very bubbly and kind of Odd in a good way, and different, and so that just made me feel very at home. And the director of the movie, she was there for, and he's also directed like the shark, some of the Sharknado movies and stuff. I didn't realize he was the director, but he was just like, "Have you watched the trailer yet for the movie?" I'm like, "No, get her the trailer, get her the trailer, just watch the trailer." And I just thought, okay, he must be like a p, you know, he must be part of the PR team or something. No, he was the director. <laughs> very directory uh to do that but it but it is a very different experience so i'm very lucky that i've had that because it kind of it it's just kind of cool to be able to talk to these people that you admire and be treated like an equal and it's just something that i don't take for granted i feel very blessed that i've been able to do that um and then the other one at san diego comic-con which it I'm sh- sure everyone knows. One of the interviews I was most excited about was Omar Epps, and I'd been talking about it all. It was Sunday, and I'd been talking about it like all the weekend. I'd been DMing people. I'd been saying, "Yes, yes, I see." Some people nodding their heads about this. I was so excited to meet him, just, and so just I, a little bit, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to interview him. And so I got to attend his um, panel, and you know, had like reserved media seating and what was really cool was i actually was his wife sat next to me and really sweet sweet woman and i got to see firsthand a very like real experience and i'm only sharing this because everyone really around could have seen it too but um omar epps was sitting up there you know and he's got like a bottle of water like kind of blocking his face a little bit and people are trying to take pictures and his wife's like hey 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 Move your, move the bottle of water. People are trying to take your picture out of here. <laughs> and it was this very, like, you know, like, moment between husband and wife. Like, this very real moment where she's just like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, <laughs> there he goes doing this again. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You're supposed to be promoting this you know, novel you've written and all this stuff. So move it so that people can take pictures of you. And him just kind of being like, Oh yeah, my wife's telling me to do something. Okay, I better like listen to what she's telling me to do. Um, and then meeting him later, he um he's like he looks you right in the eye, you know, shook my hand, thanked me for actually taking the time to interview him, which is always so sweet. And a lot of these people do that. And so he was He lived up to my expectations big time because I was so excited to interview him. And it was like, I think that was my last interview, but it might not have been, but I think it was. But yeah, that was just a really cool experience. So I'm very lucky in that respect. And then there are so many other people I can mention, and there's tons of people um, that we've mentioned before. But I will say most recently was... I loved interviewing everybody involved with um, Who Are You people. But I was excited really to interview Devin Sawa. And it was a really quick interview because a lot of those press things are extremely quick. But what was exciting about that is, you know, I'm a Gen X person. And so I think for Gen X millennials, we have a different kind of like we have him. We have Devin in this kind of like box of like maybe it's Casper. Maybe it's Final Destination. Maybe it's Idle Hands. SLC Punk, any of those. So people kind of know him from those things. And he was just really nice. And it was interesting because I don't consider myself a reporter at all. I do think being in this, it's media, but not reporter. And it's interesting because the first thing, you know, one of the first things he said to me was, you're the first female reporter I've had, which would be really interesting because of the subject matter. And it was. he was really nice, very personable you know, following him on Twitter, I'm used to his more sarcastic humor side. And he was not like that at all. Very serious, very talking about his craft and the role and everything like that. But it was nice. And yeah, so I just feel very blessed and lucky to be able to have had those experiences and talk to so many amazing artists and actors and directors and writers and stuff. And um, and it's amazing that knock on wood for the most part they've all been extremely kind and nice and it is a very different side of it but just wanted to take a moment to say that
0: step into the world
2: of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at choppa Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, well now I want to know. So, Sarah, who is your dream celebrity to meet?
0: It's not Pedro Pascal. <laughs> My dream celebrity to me would be uh, Corey Taylor from uh, Slipknot, Stone Sour. That was going to be Aaron's second guess. <laughs> no, that was
1: my first guess. Oh, that
0: was your first guess. Oh, but it's not. It, it, there's a specific reason for this, and I'm going to stumble over my explanation a little bit. So, my oldest son Nate uh, was diagnosed with autism when he was four. He really struggled for a long time. He's now a sophomore in college, but for people. On the spectrum, sound can be very overwhelming. So in addition to autism, we also discovered when he was 10, that he has auditory processing disorder, which is, they describe it as dyslexia of the ears. So he wasn't processing sounds correctly. He was very, very sensitive to sounds. Um, We got him into therapy specifically for that, uh, and it worked wonders. So when he was about, uh, 13 or so, he got into metal. I, I don't know why. Can't imagine where that <laughs> would have come from. But two of the bands he started listening to were Slipknot and Stone Sour. And, uh, another trait of people with autism is, it, especially when you have a child on the spectrum, it can be very hard to find things to connect with them. Because their interests are, their interests can be, and this is not everyone, but their interests can be very, very limited. So between Nate's love of science fiction and his love of metal, I made mean, it found things that I can talk to him about because gaming is not my thing. So he can go on and on about gaming. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay, sure. Sounds good. One of the main, one of the main things, if I ever got to meet Corey Taylor and did not completely pass out in front of him, um, uh, one of the things I would do, I, I want to thank him for making music that helps me connect with my son. So Aww. that, that is really one of the main reasons. And I just absolutely love him. But yeah, the first concert we ever took, but well not actually not the first concert we ever took the kids to because that was Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. Um, uh, but the first metal concert we went to, um, that we took Nate to was Slipknot and he absolutely loved it. So that's one of the main reasons I would absolutely love to to meet him is to thank him for creating something that has meant a lot to to me and Nate and helps me have that
1: connection with my kid. Oh, I love that. I think that that is a no, that is that is a very beautiful reason. And I really hope you get to because that's a really, really beautiful for yeah. A reason. We should is is he on social media? We should tag.
0: He's not. Uh, he is. Uh, I think on Twitter it's uh, pandemic at the disco or something, and he's on Instagram too. I think just under Corey Taylor, but I'll double check that. Yeah, it's, it's there somewhere.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's a, that's a great that's a great reason. So, and yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he would be honored I, by that. Oh, <laughs> I,
0: I would hope. think so. I would think I would so. Think so. No. I mean he seems yeah. he seems like a, a pretty down to earth kinda goofy guy, so I yeah. I would think so. But you know, one yeah. day,
1: one day <laughs> It'll happen. I'm I'm putting that out there in the universe. Fingers so. crossed <laughs> <laughs> That would be that would be amazing. Just for you to be able to have that experience. So yeah. And Susie.
0: Yeah. Someone that I would like like, I, if I could meet this person, I could pass on into the next life fully happy and feel like completed. I would absolutely love to meet Guillermo del Toro. He is like my, just one of my favorite directors and just his mind is just so interesting and like amazing. Like, The stuff that he thinks of and also just kind of like how he talks about things, like, like it's, it's all just really, like really awesome. Like one of my favorite quotes of his is, I embrace monsters because monsters are ultimately the patron saints of otherness, everything people say should not be. And that is just like a really beautiful way of thinking. And I, like, he's just so, immensely talented and is just a lot of fun another one of my favorite quotes of his is that he says that one of the best parts of adulthood is that you get to have the money to buy things to make your inner child happy because one of the things that he's done is that he he talks about how as a kid he he always wanted to live in a house that had secret passages because that always seemed like a lot of fun And now that he's an adult and has adult money, he has a house where it's just full of secret passages. And that is just so cool. And whenever I think about just whenever I'm like, I want to buy something that maybe may seem like a little bit of a frivolous purchase. I think about like, one, if it's an okay kind of decision to make, like, I'm going to show everyone in this in this call the most recent thing that I have purchased for myself because it makes child Susie happy and adult Susie happy so we're all winners in this scenario and it is a plushy toothless child Susie love this and grown-up Susie gets to love this now too it's great and I would just love to
1: like meet Guillermo and just
0: you know, just talk about anything and everything under the sun with him. I think it would be great.
1: I love that. I love the re- reasoning. And we did an episode last year about Guillermo del Toro that was really um, great to do and great to explore um, his filmography and, you know, how what he, ex- how, you know, in that quote, I, th- I think one of the quotes you said fits into that perfectly too, Susie, is how in a lot of his movies, the true quote unquote monsters, the true bad is the normal people and not the the ones that we would call monsters. And I I always appreciate that about horror in general and films in general, but about, about his films especially, like, especially like Pan's Labyrinth and stuff. But yeah, I love that. I hope that you get to meet him too. I'm going to put all of the positive, positive energy out there that everybody gets to meet these people. So, Tiff? So, I would
0: really, really love to meet actor Aisha Hines to pick her brain over the, and she's done interviews on this, but it is a stunning piece of television if you've never seen it, Um, Underground, it was a WGN show, it only ran for two seasons. And they had an episode on the, it was season two, episode six. It was called Minty. And Aisha Hines played Harriet Tubman. She actually came in in season two. And this episode is legitimately an hour long monologue from her. There are, there's nothing else. It's an hour long monologue from her. And it's a speech um, that, they took bits and pieces from from her, um, from other uh, speeches that she gave in 1858, and they kind of spliced them together somewhat. It is, if you could have a master class on monologuing, this would be it. <laughs> this would this would be the thing to watch because. I, you know, I'm obviously, I've never gone to acting school. I literally have no idea what to do when it comes to acting. As soon as the camera comes on, I start giggling out of control. I can't, I can't be serious for <laughs> whatsoever on on camera. It, it's a mess. I'm a mess when it comes to being on camera, like when we to do stuff for, you know, in class and everything. I was like, can I be the one that films because I'm awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is a class that I absolutely positively would take. She and she actually was you know when Twitter was actually great, and um I didn't mind you know going on there, and I was actually pretty i was I was very like twitter involved but um, she is very responsive she was very responsive on Twitter at the time because I tweeted her a like a million things about that episode. And she answered like all of the questions I even sent in like WGN and the series uh, creator Misha Green did a uh, like send in your question um, via video and we'll submit it to the person that you're asking. And they did it for that next week. And I had asked her a question about that episode and she answered the question. It It, it is, it's an episode of TV that is like in the top, in my top five episodes of all time television. It's a performance that's probably in my top three. And I've watched a lot of TV. Like a lot of T V. <laughs> and there's been there's been some there's been some bad TV, but there's obviously been some great TV out there too. And this performance is it's stunning. It's stunning. It's it's absolutely captivating. And I would love to be able to to chat with her in depth about it. Like have some tea, have some scones and just sit down and Give me to give it to me line by line. How you interpreted this? What were you feeling at this moment? Uh, what was your body language? What were you thinking to do with your body during this time period? Because she's in this combined. She's in this confined space. She's on a stage, so the only thing she does is like walk from the top of the stage down to the down like three steps, and then like maybe four steps to the left and four steps to the right, and that's it. You know, it's not like she's walking like doing these huge big movements. So I wanted I want to know like your economy of movement. How did you interpret that in terms of this very explosive emotional material that you were given to, you know, to perform? I would love to do that. That would be amazing to to get the opportunity to do that. Not an interview,
1: just a conversation. <laughs> I love that too. So comparatively, mine is not as amazing as the three of you, but um But I, I mean, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody who I, my dream, this is my dream interview. This would not be something I'd want to just like meet on the street kind of thing or like doing like a five minute interview or anything like that or meeting at a convention. But I, my dream interview is to sit down with Christian Bale for like at least an hour and talk to him. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure that doesn't shock anybody. (laughs) And honestly, a year or two ago, a couple of years ago, it wouldn't probably be Christian Bale, but it became Christian Bale because of us covering Christian Bale and also just watching interviews with him and stuff like that. And he's so uh, not Hollywood and not into the superstar celebrity thing. And I would just love to talk to him about his craft for an hour. And there's, you know, a fantastic interview that we have. If you go to our YouTube um channel and you go to Aaron Recommends, it's in there. And it's this what probably the best interview I've ever seen with Christian Bale. And it is all about his process and acting and his roles and stuff. And he's such a thoughtful person and so kind and has no ego. I mean he like has no idea why people think he's so great. I don't think so. That's what's so incredible about Christian Bale is, you know, he'll, you know, have have interviews, interviewers come in and be nervous to interview him and say they're nervous. And he'll just be like, I'll go away in about two seconds. Once you talk to me, you're not, (laughs) you know, that's not that great. And so having that being humble like that is so interesting to me. And also talking to somebody who has such a love hate relationship and a lot of respects for the industry since he was a child star and hated all of that stuff. And in my opinion, his family, it's awful. Do not use your children to make money, people. But yeah, I just would love to. I know it's shocking to no one, but I would just love to sit down and talk to that man for like at least an hour just about his craft. And um, I would be a nervous wreck the whole time, but I would not say I was a nervous wreck. And I would try and keep that and i'm sure after a while that would go away i would think but but i it's it's on my bucket list it's my dream interview and i am going to make it happen someday so someday that that will happen (laughs) oh i hope so (laughs) oh my everybody in the world will know when that happens (laughs) like every single human being in the whole entire world will know but yes so it would have to be during when he's promoting something because he's not does not I don't think like to do a lot of that stuff when he's not, doesn't have to. So, but that is number one for me right now. Okay. Well, it is time to play six degrees of Finn. Susie is part of my Finn crew. So she is required to play, but I don't know if Sarah or Tiff decided to try and connect Finn to any of their celebrities,
0: their celebrities, (laughs) my celebrity. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I didn't participate this week. Uh Chris
1: Messina would have been a pretty easy one to do. I can do it right now. I'd I it right know. Now, I know. Go ahead, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. i I was going to say you could go ahead since you were. No no, 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 no. Because I, because you know, I like to,
0: I like to challenge myself with this because I didn't I play for so long. So no, I'm going to recuse myself from this playing of the Finn Whitrock. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> Because really, the only thing I've seen him in is Nurse Ratchet, and I want to <laughs> say American Horror Story, but I can't remember which yes. seasons. It doesn't matter. I guess yeah. it really doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying. I was trying to think how to how to how to connect yours. I'll try and try and think of try and think of it. I'm sure. But yeah, the 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 Christmas cena one would be. Chris Messina was in. I'll I'll wait till I go, but, I'll, but Susie, Susie, like I said, you are required.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I have a couple of different ones because out of the two that I have, I can link him back to two, but not the two kind of cosplayers, I don't think. But, uh, so Millie Bobby Brown in Stranger Things with Winona Ryder, who was in Dracula five of those costumes in that movie, by the way, give it a give it a peek. Um, with Gary Oldman, who played Dracula with the baboon butt hair—that's just my favorite thing. Um, who was in Batman Begins with who? With who? But but a very very maybe not well-known actor from Wales, Christian Bale. You might have heard of him, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> who was in The Big Short? With Finn Wittrock, yes. boom, 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 boom. That's right. I uh, forgot he was in the Big Short. Finn Wittrock, not Christian he was Bale. In the movie with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> with that guy, he was in the movie with that guy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and actually, Finn Wittrock's role in the Big Short is really big. It's a lot bigger than you remember it being. He's in once once his character is introduced. He's in a lot of the movie. So yeah, and I just I just found one for Sarah. So. um <laughs> And then I will do the Christmas Cena one. So I will do Sarah's Tiffs and mine. Um, so uh, Matt Dillon was in the horrible movie Crash. <laughs> <laughs> right, everybody? We all agree that was a horrible movie. Didn't it win Best Picture, though? <laughs> yes, it did. And that should have gone to Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Well, so, um, one of the worst decisions yeah. the Academy has ever made. I mean, they've made worse sins. I mean, Green Book was pretty comparable to that. Uh, but anyway, Crash stars my birthday twin, Don Cheadle. We both had the same birthday. Someday he will see my birthday wishes to him, and he will wor- wish me a birthday too. And he was also born in Denver. So, you know, I have lots of connections to you. <laughs> I would love to interview you. That was six
0: degrees of Don Cheadle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Don Cheadle was in the amazing out of sight with well, actually you could use a couple of things here. Um <laughs> so now I've changed it. Now I'm gonna change it to do the other one. But was in and Jennifer Lopez, of course, was in that and Jennifer Lopez is well, was in a movie with Ben Affleck, but they are married again. And Ben Affleck, of course, was in the snail propaganda movie Deep Water. With Mr. Finn Whitrock. Remember, you can get It's a Snail thing still on our Red Bubble store. You can still get It's a Finn Whitrock thing too. So, and then for Tiff, for Chris Messina, Chris Messina was in season three of The Sinner, and he was creepy as hell in that. And in that as well was Mr. Matt Bomer, who has been in quite a few things with Finn. But I will point again to my favorite thing they've been in together, the normal heart. So there, I did theirs too. Sand is full of fin, I'm full of fin. <laughs> but mine that I used, um, and I kind of gave part of this away in our Wednesday episode without saying I did. But I used Chris Isaac, and Chris Isaac was in the David Lynch movie Wild at Heart. And also in that movie was Nicolas Cage, of course. And Nicolas Cage, of course, was the unbearable weight of massive talent, which was co-written by Finn's cousin. So there you go. There's my six degrees for you, Finn. But thank you so much to my amazing panel. This has been a ton of fun talking about this. And once again, please try and remember that celebrities are human beings. And yes, it's exciting to meet them. But let's all remember celebrities are human beings just like us. But we're gonna go ahead and close out. So, Sarah, where can everybody find you? Uh,
0: you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at Nate Cam Let me try that again. At Nate Cam Mom, N A T E C A M M O M. Or on Facebook at Sarah Bardic.
1: Awesome, thank you. And Susie? Yes,
0: I can be found on the Instagrams at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid and uh, linked in my bio is my dog's Instagram the floofy menace, Benny himself and I can be found prowling the Twitter at suzyq underscore sc where I just retweet a lot of stuff apparently now about the last of us recently
1: ha <laughs> 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 yes <laughs> awesome thank you and tiff i'm out there on the interwebs take a peek
0: at whom is tiff is me if i don't answer just contact erin she'll let me know
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes remember we're gonna play telephone exactly uh and this is erin uh remember to follow fergie on tiktok her at is schroeder and fergs that's s-c-h-r-o-e D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. And I haven't said in a little bit that the profile pic you will see on there is of my late dog Schroeder. That will never change. So you'll see a big blockhead, a big uh, brown and white blockhead because he was um, a pit bull American bulldog mix. And that will never change the profile pic. It will always be him. But you will find lots of great Fergie content and help us make Fergie go viral and help us make her dream come true of being in Cocaine Fergie (laughs) alongside Ben Badgley. Because remember, the Dream Makers, we make dreams come true for already famous people. Remember, we already have the romantic comedy that we're going to do with Christian Bale and Carla. The romantic comedy slash horror film slash thriller that I am going to be doing with Idris Elba. Yes, we are going to fall in love. (laughs) I I understand reality. um, All of that. Uh, We, of course, have. uh, We also want um, Beyonce and Christian Bale to do a movie together, too. We came up with that plan as well. And I'm forgetting some of the other ones that we came up with for Regina King and Angela Bassett. And we have tons. The dream makers. We're just making dreams come true for every famous person that doesn't necessarily think they need us, but they do need us. So help us make Penn Badgley's dream that he doesn't even know he needs come true of starring in Cocaine Fergie as Fergie's owner. And, um, yeah, so you don't have to have any romantic relationships in this movie, Pen. Remember, remember, we will respect that. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod on tiktok at it's a fandom thing pod um if you have any feedback show notes if you would like to be a potential interview guest on the show anyone we have mentioned today uh, if you would like to come on please feel free to reach out to us via our website it's a fandom thing click the contact us button there that'll shoot me an email and i'll try and get back to you as soon as i can um, and also if you are a creator a, pod- a fellow podcaster an actor a writer musician i'd love to have i'd love to have a musician on please please feel free to also if you want to be part of our may 20th marathon streaming event and secure a half hour block this is a 12-hour event we have a couple of things already um scheduled but if you would like to be a part of that potentially you can even come on there to either highlight some of your projects or um, if you have an organization you'd like to highlight as well uh feel free to do that too but Uh, reach out to us via our website. There is a page dedicated to our marathon streaming event, and you can click the contact us button there as well. Okay. So next week on our Friday episode, Tiff and Susie are going to be back to talk about our favorite concert experiences. So I'm really, really excited about that. I know our listeners seem to really love our music episodes. So, so I'm trying to, Pepper in as many more of those as I can, so thank you, and then coming soon, it's Gen X movie Month, so you'll be you'll be hearing a lot a lot from Sarah I think Susie Susie, you're on Heathers, right, yeah, okay, I'm like I know Susie's on one of those, um, so that will be a ton, a ton, a ton of fun, and also, if you want to support the show and you want some great bonus content, we are going to do a bonus Gen X movie for April. We recently did cocaine at Cocaine Bear episode. We did an episode talking about the Banshees of Inna Sharon. We did an episode about the Winchesters, Notting Hill. Uh, we did a bonus fun little Christian Bale episode. Um, there will be an episode coming up about the new Nicholas Cage, um, Nicholas Holt movie, Renfield, sometime in April or May. Susie's gonna be on that one, and so is my podcast, Brain Twin Jen. So if you would like to hear these very special Patreon-only episodes, please become a Patreon supporter for as little as 3 bucks a month today. And the link is in the show notes. So there will be lots of great content. We are going to do a um, commentary track for some comedy movie. I'm not sure yet what in May. So that would also be a great bonus thing to (laughs) be a part of. So that will be fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter, and Stop Asian Hate.
2: The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 18 plus.